You're listening. You're listening to a University of Kentucky. University of Kentucky. College of Arts and Sciences podcast. Every summer, hundreds of students leave the country to study abroad at universities around the world. Others still travel across seas to partake in service learning projects. During the 2012 summer break, a group of eight female student athletes departed for Ethiopia. Nominated by their respective coaches, the delegation of student athletes spent 10 days traveling on behalf of the UK Athletics Department and serving those they encountered along the way. Two of those on the trip were ANS students Emily Holsapple of the rifle team and tennis player Grace Trimble. They sat down with us to discuss their service work and how this once-in-a-lifetime opportunity will stick with them for years to come. My name is Grace Trimble. I'm a political science major and I'm on the tennis team at UK. My name is Emily Holsopple. I am a biology major and I am on the rifle team at UK. How long have you all been in your respective sports? I started relatively late for a tennis player. I played throughout high school and then uh, Coach Strata asked me to play for him, so I ended up at UK. <laughs> I started out with Rifle when I was about 10 or 11 years old with a 4-H program. I got recruited by Coach Perry Mullins to come down here and I was honored to be part of his team. And you guys both went to Ethiopia on a service trip this summer. Mm -hmm. When did you all go? We went um, at the end of July for 10 days. Flew out of here kind of nervous. <laughs> got there over 24 hours later, it was quite a few long, long flights to get there. <laughs> Can you all talk a little bit about what your itinerary was when you were there? Um, the first day we went to the leprosy colony in Addis, and it was, um, I think there was, what, 500 to 1,000 people living in this colony, they said. And it was on the outskirts of the city dump, where these people had been, like, ostracized to the even though leprosy is a completely curable disease, they, these people didn't know like about the treatment and couldn't afford treatment. So they had been shunned from the society and they forced to live in these mud shacks. And in the middle of this polluted, rundown, disgusting village, um, there is a church group there that helps out with these people and gives them food and just gives them a safe place to go worship. And so we went there the first day and we helped um, expand the church the following day, we were able to, uh, we got rice, coal, sugar, coffee, and soap, and put them in a bag that probably weighed 20 pounds, because there's a few pounds of rice, a few pounds of coal, and we got to take them out to the village and the people that live there, and we distributed, I think, to 50 different families. They said that these 20-pound uh, bags would be enough to provide for them for over a month, the one that like hit home for most of us because you're just walking through these uh, shacks and you're, like, you, you see it on TV, but like to actually live there and be there and just the smell of it, to know that they live there in these little, like the one house, well most of the houses were just big enough for a bed. You, they don't have a kitchen, they don't have, they just have, they have a fire pit and they don't have a bathroom. I mean, it started to rain as we were delivering this food and um, these supplies and People were losing shoes, they were falling down, and I don't think any of that really mattered to us because we saw, like, we were providing for these people for a month, and this was love to these people that we were giving them, and with may probably 
$10 worth of supplies for an entire month. And to think, you know, I could go up to Kroger tonight and spend $50 on groceries and that'll last me a week and a half. I think that hit home most to us. I think um, one specific story out of that day was we went to a specific woman's house. She has been bedridden for 18 years. At the time, I was 19, and I'm thinking, since 1993, this, this beautiful woman has been in bed, and she has leprosy, and she was kind of situated back in the back corner of this village and in a room smaller than this, and that was her home. I saw just her face, because I was kind of in the back of the room, and it was just gaunt. And to look upon her and know that I, from growing up in Winchester, Kentucky, to playing tennis at the University of Kentucky, have been given this opportunity to show love to this woman in the far off corners of the world in Ethiopia. I think that moment just kind of resonated with everybody that was on the trip. I, I will never forget the look on her face and who she was. And little does she know, she affected this girl from little Winchester, Kentucky for the rest of her life. <laughs> Um, and then Wednesday, we traveled to about a couple hours outside of Addis, and so there was another couple there who were missionaries. They were Indian. We went to their home um, to just kind of do some landscaping and help around the house and paint, and there were three chickens oh. sitting at the base of the porch when we got there, and they went out, and they chopped their heads off and that was our lunch. <laughs> they made us chicken curry. That was about the freshest thing I could have ever had. <laughs> um, but we served there with them that day and then we went into the village with the thatched huts and taught a sports camp on Thursday and then Friday to actually a pregnancy care center almost where these women are having their babies and they don't have any um, Access to medical care. Yes, exactly. And these women take care of them. And then after that, we went to a widow's and orphan's home where these orphans are being in the process of being adopted. Do you do you all think that you would go back or do something like that again in your life? I don't know if I would necessarily go back there, but I'm looking at doing more stuff here in the U.S. and trying to get more involved in Lexington. I would definitely love to do something similar to that in another part of the world, I think. So much poverty is around the world, and I feel like I can go to different places and help because a lot of girls, I feel like, got overwhelmed with how to fix everything, and we're not there to fix everything. We're just there to love on the people that we come in contact with. Have you been somewhere where you didn't speak the language before? We had a translator, a couple of them, and the language barrier was never an issue. We spoke through different ways you know we would have literally 20 kids come up to us wherever we would go we just give them hugs and they would just smile and just be there and with us and help us out there's some kids who helped us paint fences and <laughs> we just spoke through a language that was universal I don't know what it was but it just kind of happened <laughs> how did it change you it kind of gave me this peace that everything's okay. It's going to work out. And, you know, you can't fret over the small stuff. 
So I've just kind of taken a step back and said, okay, I'm going to enjoy my life a little bit more and stress out a lot less. <laughs> then you find joy in the little things. Like you learn to appreciate things more and be thankful for what you have. I feel like I'm happier now, honestly. Going on a service trip anywhere in the world is something every person needs to do. Or um, Even if it's a service trip, you know, five minutes away from your house down to the local soup kitchen, make that a part of your life and a part of your routine because it'll constantly keep you in check and put things in perspective and help you realize that there's something much greater beyond yourself that matters. Thanks for listening, and thanks to the College of Arts and Sciences, the Department of Political Science, the Department of Biology, and the UK Athletic Department for making this podcast possible.